Hello everyone and happy Monday. This is Pocket Thoughts and I'm your co-host Brandon. We've got a great show planned for you all today. Bobby's on vacation, so it's just Joey, Brady, and I. The first question we get into is, if you were walking down the street and saw someone you looked up to in the entrepreneurial world, what would you ask them? Our second question is, what are the three most important factors necessary to have a successful startup and or run a successful business? And the final question is, what business-related book has inspired or changed your perspective on life the most and how. We have some great book suggestions for you guys to read, and if you forget them, they're in the show notes, so check those out and let us know what you think of them. Follow us on all the social media platforms and let us know what you think of the show, and check out our website at educatingentrepreneurs.com. Enjoy the show and have a wonderful week. Pocket thoughts, everyone. Today we are without Bobby Mason. He is uh, in the Cayman Islands, soaking up the sun. We got some questions today that we are gonna answer as usual. Here's my question, everyone: If you were walking down the street and saw someone that you looked up to in the entrepreneurial world, what would you ask them? It is a uh, very open-ended question you got there. All right, so. No, 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 it's fine. It's well, fine. I'm just explaining how this came to be because I was thinking okay. about this. I was like laying in bed and I was like, I was watching like a Gary V. What? What? You're thinking about Gary V while you lay in bed. Yep. I was laying in bed. I No, I just watched one of his videos on Instagram and I went to bed and I was kind of thinking, I was like, huh, what would I do? What would I ask him if I was just walking down the street and I saw him? And I honestly, I have no idea. First, I'd probably ask him if he wanted to be on our podcast. You know, shoot your shot, see what happens. That would kind of get our, our ratings up and stuff, but I would have no idea. I think I I was like thinking about it and I would just be so like starstruck and just have no idea what to say because there would be like a million things running through my head and I feel like anything I ask him, he's heard a hundred times and he's answered because he always does that stuff where he just lets people ask him stuff when he meets them. Wondering what you guys would do in that kind of situation for whoever you guys look up to or admire. It's definitely a, I'm difficult. I mean... For me, at least, it would be very difficult, especially for someone like Gary Vee. I feel like he's, so many people have gone up to him and just ask him questions or, oh, I love your stuff, man, blah, 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 like, all that shit just doesn't even make any difference. Like, he's not going to remember it. You're going to remember it, but the, you're not going to get anything out of it. So I guess there's like two-part answer, I guess, depending on how famous your idol is guess if they're very well known very famous and they always get people coming up to them i would maybe go with the tactic of saying something very weird or unique it doesn't even have to be a question per se it's just like just saying something weird or unique that they're just like what the hell what is going on and i mean you stay in their head longer than someone goes hey love your stuff and then it's in and out but if you say something really weird not like gross weird, <laughs> but just like something that throws them off. Then they're like, oh, whoa, what the heck was that? And then you you go on your merry way. And then eventually I, I would tr somehow try to reach out via social media, via 
whatever it may be and remind them of that moment when I said that weird thing because they'll if I bring it up to them in like a message they I mean there's a chance they're gonna remember it there's not a chance they're gonna remember I loved your work you remember when I was on the street and I said I loved your stuff uh no so I think that's the tactic I would go for because then I would kind of hopefully follow up and maybe get a little bit of their time to ask some more meaningful questions and stuff that I would like to know. What would your weird thing be? <laughs> now, that is a good question. You might have to come back to me for that. Going back to my original answer, there's that, which is a two-part answer. If they weren't as famous, you just really looked up to them and they were just a normal person, per se, and they didn't have a ton of people following them and wanting to talk to them and take pictures with them, blah, blah, blah. If it was just a normal person, I would try to strike up a conversation about something that we have common ground with that doesn't relate to how much I idle this person. It's just like, try to have a legitimate conversation and talk about, maybe you know that they are into a certain type of charity and you are too, and you chat about that, something like that. Just making sure that, I don't know, you don't come off as idolizing and it's more of just like a normal conversation about some commonality and not about how awesome or famous they are or whatever it is. To make them feel like a normal person. I was going to say, I think the answer really depends on what you're trying to get out of it. Because I think like the first part of it is what you said, like if you want to be remembered, it's a totally different question than if you're just trying to get information out of it. And also like, if you're going up to someone and like trying to get their attention versus I have the opportunity to ask them one question they have to answer. It's a whole different story. Um, I think Joy's is really interesting because when he talks about getting, getting someone's attention, they had a, uh, a story about a kid a few years back when uh, Barack Obama was still president and talks about like, obviously he's around people all the time, people yelling stuff at him. And he, he said, like, he his memorable moment is when he had one of the kids ask him if he likes kiwi. And it's like, he's like, that's what made me stop when I was, like, walking through the crowd because, like, everybody else is saying what you were saying, Joey. Like, oh, you're the greatest person ever or, like, oh, you're the worst person ever or however people feel. Like, and, like, he was like, the one that made me stop and answer the kid was, uh, do you like kiwi? Because he's like, why, like, why is someone <laughs> asking me this question? Like, so I think if you're trying to get someone's attention, um, that's definitely the way to go. I took this as I get one question and they have to answer me. Like, I've got them shackled in a room, which is a weird thing to say. But, uh, <laughs> oh like, they have, to, they have to respond. I'm not trying to get their attention. Um, question, like, blanket across of anybody that I, like, look up to or would like to have a conversation with would be, like, what's the single biggest thing they started doing that changed their life and got them to where they are? Because I think what's really interesting with successful, quote-unquote, what you see as a successful person is that everybody gets there in a slightly different way, and there's not, like, one path to success. People have a different way about going about that. What I'd be interested to hear is what it was that people feel like it got them to that next level, because I think that's going to be a vastly different answer depending on who you talk to. And I think you can get a lot of insightful information um, about people. And I think that's also something that's a little bit more personal, not just asking them like how to grow your business bigger or, or, or things like that. But it's something more personal to them that says like, what got you to the point to where you are? Not so much. What can you do for me? I think that's a, a big thing too, is it's this kind of the same thing as like the relationship. I mean, what you were saying, Brady, like a relationship between a mentor and mentee is not what I can get out of you, but what we can get out of each other, pretty much. And I think that's that's an interesting kind of way to look at it, as in just 
it's not just give me information. It's like, let's have a conversation and have this go both ways. Brandon, what was your question that you would ask? That's what I like. I honestly didn't know. Like I had no idea. Like I wouldn't want to be the guy that like, I would for sure be the guy to be like, Oh my gosh, I love your stuff. And like, keep it at that. And he'd walk away and I'd be like, damn it. And then, cause I would, I would for sure think of something like 10 minutes later and be like, wow, that would have been good to ask. But no, I'd for sure ask him to be on the podcast. See what happens. See if he says yes. Like maybe like a five minute call or something, get whatever you can out of that. But other than that, like, yeah, I don't know. I would, yeah, I'd just be the guy that would be like, oh, you're great. And then you walk away and be like, thanks man. And I'll be like, oh, I said what up to him today. Hearing what you've heard, what would you craft as your answer? I would for sure try to say something memorable. Yeah, I, I liked what you said. Just ask him something that is more personal to him instead of how I could build my business better. Or I think figuring out where people started out is a huge thing because you can learn off of that and kind of try to do the same things as them, but also try to be your own person and build off of that. But I think just kind of getting more personal with it instead of asking something that's so generic that they just just get bored with the answer and you don't get something truly meaningful out of them. I agree with you. I agree with you. Cool. Well, I, I got a question. I'm curious, and this can pertain to a startup or just business in general, but I'm curious what you guys think are the three most important factors necessary to have a successful startup or have a successful, run a successful business? So mine, <laughs> I had communication, financial awareness, and hiring the right employees. Communication obviously is just the biggest one for me, I guess, just because there's so much stuff that happens in my job that is communication based. And if something goes wrong, it always goes back to that as being the main issue. And like just experiencing it today, like this guy messaged me today at work and he's like, hey, he's like, my driver's had trailers at this place for like 10 days. And I go, you're, you're telling me this now? Like, I was like, and they've been aware of this the whole time? He goes, yeah. He goes, he's kind of getting pissed that like, you know, they're not getting released or anything. I go, oh, so you're telling me this right now and your guy's mad because they haven't like told us anything about this until now. He goes, yeah. I go, well, how about you tell me this sooner next time and we can kind of get something figured out and, you know, make it so it doesn't pile up like this. He goes, well, I mean, you got to see it from his side. Like they're not helping him out. I go, yeah, but like no one knows about it. So like, what do you expect us to do if no one knows about it? And it's just like, it's stuff like that that like, gets me super frustrated at work. It's like stuff that you can easily prevent, but no one takes the time to do anything about it or say anything. And then it just piles up and it becomes a bigger issue later. Communication. Yeah. It's always a big one for my work and I'm obviously it's for everyone else. And then financial awareness. I'm obviously not a money guy, but I feel like that is something you need to be very aware of when you are starting a business and want to be successful is knowing where your money's going, what you're putting everything into just so you don't get that surprise at the end of the month that holy crap we're we're in debt what do we got to do and end up scrambling and try to figure something out or try to get money from other people and end up blowing up in your face i think just hiring the right people i see that with company that i work for now is most of the people are pretty much have the same like personality kind of mindset and everything and i think that is huge and that's what our general manager, I think that's what one of its strengths is, is hiring the same kind of people because he knows that everyone kind of has the same mindset. He hires a lot of athletes, so I don't know why I got hired, but it's just a lot of the people that are very competitive and want to achieve the same goal at the end of the day and no one's kind of slacking and waiting back and you see those people 
kind of leave the company pretty quick if you don't see that they're, I mean, people don't get fired left and right, but people have been quitting a lot, a lot recently. And it's just kind of the people that you thought had the drive in the beginning and kind of just see them slacking towards the end. So Yeah, that's interesting. I think my first aspect actually somewhat contradicts yours. What the hell? Um, <laughs> I wouldn't say totally, but in some sense it's a little contradictory. Um, so my first one is, and I don't know if this is an aspect or what, but just like having a team that all has the same end goal in mind. People might go about reaching that goal differently. I mean, that can be a good thing. So, Brent, with your example, um, your company pairs all like-minded individuals and everyone that's very similar. Um, that can be a good thing. Also, can be a bad thing. You don't get a lot of different perspectives and different viewpoints coming into it. So you may not see um, some issues with the process. You might not see some other opportunities that you could be taking advantage of. So I think overall you have to have a similar mindset of a end goal, but having a diverse group of people that have different overall perspectives, but the same end goal is very important. My second one would be having a commitment to your client or customer, whatever that may be. And if that means that you have to take some type of financial loss, a temporary financial loss to keep that client or customer happy, then so be it. If it's going to help you in the long term, then you need to be able to afford to take that short term loss. And then my third one would be to have a long term goal in mind and have milestones to making that goal. It's great to have a long-term goal. Let's say you have a five-year plan, but if you get four years into that plan and you're 25% of the way through, that's an issue. So having a long-term plan is step one, and then divvying that plan up into maybe each year you should have this done and then separate that into this month when you have this done. So it's similar to how we talked about goal setting in the past is having an overarching goal and then breaking it into a lot smaller ones. Um, so I think those are kind of my three key things. I really liked your uh, commitment to the client because I think that's ever-present, obviously, in entrepreneurship, but in any business, gosh, if you're not hyper-focused on client needs. And it's really easy to say, like, we're not going to do that because we're not. We're going to take a financial hit, but a lot of the times it'll pay off in the future. I really like that one. That was one that I didn't have. Um, you guys covered two of my three and maybe even the third one. I'm just saying it in a little different way. Um, I think number one is the one that Brandon hit on, communication. I think it's really, really tough to do anything within your own business, both internally facing and externally facing towards clients without good communication. If you don't have all of your kind of team, all of your employees, all of your business on board, knowing what's going on, knowing what's coming up, knowing when there are problems, knowing when things are going right. And on the other side of that, um, having good communi clear communication lines with your client, letting them know what's going on, letting them know when things are going good, well and when they're not going so well and making sure that they're always appeased, what Joy was just saying. Um, I think communication is, this, is the glue that holds it all together. And without that, regardless of what you have, it's very tough to make anything successful. Number two I had is culture, which I think Joey touched on a little bit. Um, and I think this is also leadership. But it's breeding kind of that the idea of this is what we want to accomplish. This is what we want to get done. This is how we're going to do it. And people are going to have different ways of going about that. But having a culture of people being bought in and committed to whatever it is that that um, goal is, that whatever it is you want to accomplish, that 
people are all on the same page because if you've got 30 people pulling in a different direction, you're not going to make any progress anywhere. So having a culture where people feel comfortable, they feel like they can share, they feel like they're supported makes all the difference because it's, it's really tough to get anything done even if, if you're a, a, a leader or believe you're a leader and have this great vision but you don't have anybody on board and you don't have good culture within your company, I think it's really tough. Um, and I think that goes back to hiring the right people as well. And then the last one Joey touched on with uh, long-term and short-term goals is vision. Having a good vision um, as a leader and being able to say, this is where we're going to be in, in a year, two years, three years, five years, 10 years down the road. And I think a lot of people fail to do that because they want to kind of build the plane as it's flying, if that makes sense. And I think what people need to do is map out that process and know what it's going to look like. And obviously, it's not going to go perfectly with whatever it is that you're trying to do. It's never going to you're never going to not have any roadblocks or you're never going to not have to pivot and change your ways a little bit. But having that overall vision and saying like, we want to get to this point in five years. And yes, you might be two, three, four, five degrees off of that. But if you don't make that vision in the first place and say, this is where we want to be in five years, you're going to be, you could be 180 degrees in the wrong direction. Even if you're making progress, it might not be in the right way. So I think having vision and knowing where you're going and having that kind of trickle through your entire team is something that's important and goes back to communication and culture and everything else that was said here too. So I thought those were, those are all very, very good ones. I like those. Yeah. One thing I liked about yours, Brady, was um, you kind of dived more into the vision and long-term planning and you talked about how you might be two three four degrees off but you've got to kind of adjust adapt and pivot from there i know a lot of people once they make goals and if they fall short of them that is extremely discouraging for some people and which i mean it's understandable you don't reach your goal you don't feel great but the thing is you kind of have to move on from there so i got here i wanted to be here why didn't I get there and what can I do to get there quicker in the future? And so I think not getting discouraged when you might not make that milestone goal from your long-term goals is, is really important. This was kind of in the beginning of what you were saying, but I think letting your customer or client know when things are not going as well as you thought they would. Cause I mean, everyone wants to make everything seem so perfect and that you're doing everything right. But there are times when you do need to be more transparent and say, Hey, you know, something went wrong with this, just letting you know ahead of time, because if it comes down to it and they're asking you what's going on with it, then that's where the big issue comes in. You're not being upfront about something when you could have kind of caught it ahead of time and just said, Hey, you know, we're doing this and they say, Oh, okay, it's fine. We've still got until this to figure it out or whatever, instead of waiting last minute and, may become an issue. And I think one thing that's really important about that is that for the most part, whether it's clients or just human beings in general, are aware that people are not perfect. Yeah. So a lot of times like stuff's going to come up, there's going to be roadblocks. Hey, this didn't turn out as we thought it was. If you tell someone about that on day seven, instead of waiting until month four, people are a lot more willing to work with you and say like, oh, we understand like, and obviously you're always going to get the problem person that says like, no, this is exactly how we want it. You're falling short. And that, that might be like, that's going to happen. But the vast majority of the time people are willing to work with you because they've been through the same situation. Like a different deadline came up, something fell through that you thought was supposed to work. It just didn't go exactly how you thought it was going to go. And people are a lot more willing to work with you if you say like, hey, this didn't work. We're willing to 
to figure out what's what's going on, but we just want to let you know that we thought we were going to be at A and now we're going to be at B, and we're willing to do whatever that takes and, and change course if necessary or put in the extra hours to make it work. But we just want to let you know people are a lot more receptive to that when you're telling them up front while it's happening rather than on the day of the deliverable, you're like, well, yeah, well, way back when this happened and now this is why we're this far off. And people are like, well, I wasn't kept in the loop at all. That's when people get angry. It's like, well, I was expecting this on the final day. But if you're telling them throughout the process, like, hey, this happened, this is what we're going to do to try and resolve it. So people are aware of what's coming because the last thing anybody likes, regardless of business or what it is, is being left in the dark. So when you come on on the final day and it's like, here's what's come, here's what it is. And it's vastly different than what they thought because of even if it was circumstances that you couldn't control, people have a lot tougher time showing empathy for that if you don't tell them what's going on along the way. Yep, exactly. All right, J-Trax. My question Mm. is what business-related book or any book really has inspired you or changed your perspective on life the most and how? That's a good question. I I think – Thank you. I think (laughs) – Thank you. Reading is the fountain of youth, so hey. I don't know what that means, but nice. uh, I think uh, that's the next quote. I think that's a really good one because honestly, the art of reading is is getting a little bit lost, and I think it's uh, a really important one. I've got a couple of them. Jeez. I've got one business related. I've got two that I read recently that have been really impactful, and then I've got one just throughout my life that I thought was a great book. So the first one, Easy Pull, is Tools of Titans. You guys have all heard of it. It's a, it's a Tim Ferriss book, seven, 800 pages, where he sits down and talks to, I don't know, 150, 200 of what we society deems as probably the most successful people in their given area um, across almost every domain, every topic, whether it's art, sports, acting, uh, cooking. sits down with those people, and it gives you unbelievable insight into what makes people tick and kind of what has helped people get to where they are today. Um, kind of what I was talking about earlier, like everybody gets quote unquote successful in a different way. And the book highlights it really well when you've got 200 different examples of different people getting to where they got to. So Tools of Titans for me was the biggest business one, but it was also probably the biggest personal one that I've had. And I would hands down recommend it to anybody. It is a it is a phenomenal book. And I think I think you've read that too, haven't you, Joey? Yeah. Well, I haven't read the whole thing. I, um, I think I've gotten like probably halfway through it. The nice thing about Tools of Titans is that it's it's broken out into a lot, a lot of different little sections. So it's an easy thing to just like spend 10 minutes in the morning just reading one excerpt and then and then doing that every morning. It's it's what that's really nice about that. I think and I think it's broken down into three parts and I, I could be wrong here but I think it's like health, wealth and wisdom. That's correct. Yep. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, so like those are the three main topics and they dive into those on a bunch of different categories but I agree with you. I think it's like to me when I was reading it it felt like a bunch of uh, like short stories almost. Um, and it was a lot easier to digest and say only have, I only have 20 minutes to read but you don't have to worry about getting back on track from where you were before because it's you can read three or four kind of bios of individuals and not have to worry about that so exactly i mean and like you said short stories and they are just information packed short stories like there is so much good info in each page it's amazing yeah when you read it you got to read it with uh with a notebook in hand because there's a lot coming out of that one that's i think overall that's probably been the most influential that's the one i keep Um, on my nightstand and kind of flip through it now and again. Um, The two that I read recently are The Alchemist 
and yeah, very good. And a life well played, um, and that's by Arnold Palmer. Um, so have either of you guys read The Alchemist? No. Really, really, really good book. I would, I would highly recommend to anybody. It's really, it's pretty short, maybe like 120, 150 pages, but it talks about a boy going along like his spiritual journey of life. And it honestly, I think it would pertain to anybody. It is a unbelievable story about not just like character, but kind of like finding yourself, finding your passion, how to go through life. It's written in like a fiction setting. So it's like going through someone else, like someone else's process of it, but it helps you think about how it pertains to your own life and how you can find the things that matter to you in your life. It was an incredible read. It was one of the books that's tough to put down once you start it. And if you're a fast reader, you can no problem read it in two or three nights. I'm not a very fast reader, so I read it in about a week, but really, really, really good book. Would highly recommend. And then A Life Well Played by Arnold Palmer. Obviously, big time golfer, um, but he goes through and says kind of the things that made him tick and got him to where he was, um, both like on the course and off the course and things that mattered to him. Um, and I think it's a really good perspective on life. Someone that's without a doubt at the top of the top of one of the kind of their industries. And I think for anyone to get to that level, you have to have a good grasp on, on kind of life and, and what matters and what doesn't. So, um, that was a really, really good read for me. I read that uh, probably about two months ago. So I really like that one. And then the last one is a fiction book that I read a while ago, but really good book. It's called touching spirit bear. Have, have either of you guys heard of it or no? Uh-uh. <laughs> Um, so good. So this is another one. It's a guy that goes kind of through a spiritual journey and like finds himself, um, not a guy, I think it's like a 15 or 16 year old kid, kind of how you think you have, you think you have it all together and you, you know, it all until you have a bigger picture on life. But that's like hands down one of my favorite books of all time. It's a super easy read. I would say it's at like a high school reading level, like not a difficult read by any means, but really, really good for um, kind of like personal growth and gaining perspective on life. So those are my four kind of a di- different categories, not all related to business by any means, but those are like my four books that I would recommend to anybody on the spot right now. Wow. You read way more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't read a book in probably a year and oh. that's really bad. The last book I read was Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. I really liked it. I tried to remember some stuff from it when you asked this question, Joey, and I just like I can't pull quotes out of my head. So Okay, well I actually chose this too. Crazy I, as it is. I, no I, fo- I found some uh, quotes that I really liked. Is it that good? I've heard of it, I just haven't read it. It's just I read it and I told Brandon to read it, so we both kind of <laughs> read it. <laughs> it's just cool to see like you would think Nike, like such a big company, was just like it's so like quick and easy for a company like that to just explode. But seeing like all the struggles and stuff that he went through and seeing where it is now and just reading that story is just like it was I like didn't want to like end my break at work. Like I wanted to keep reading it just because I was like I couldn't really put it down and I was just like, holy crap, this is awesome. There's a few quotes that I had to look up because just even reading any of these, it just kind of makes you want to run through a brick wall or just make you want to get inspired a little. But uh, one of them was starting my own business was the only thing that made life's other risks, marriage, Vegas, alligator wrestling seem like sure things. But my hope was that when I failed, if I failed, I'd fail quickly. So I'd have enough time, enough years to implement all the hard-won lessons 
I wasn't much for setting goals, but this goal kept flashing through my mind every day until it became my internal chant fail fast just reading stuff like that like you don't think like people don't want to fail obviously but like when you do do it fast so you can learn from it and get over it and keep going i really like that book and i think if i keep reading more books like that i think i'll probably change my mindset on things a little bit just kind of change my perspective on just how much work and effort it takes for a business to actually start and get going and being able to see where it goes and be successful like nike has been is really cool to see yeah for sure so for for those of you that don't know what it what it is about it is phil knight he is uh it kind of talks about his struggles and what he went through to create the company that is now nike and it's it's absolutely amazing and what i love about it is it shows the length that some people have to go to to create a business something that they love and it is absolutely inspiring and there are two quotes that really stuck out to me. One, and this just talks about how dedicated and um, how he did not give up. And it is, the cowards never started. The weak died along the way. And that leaves us. And I was like, shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, that is inspiring stuff right there. And that just shows how committed and how strong mentally he was to go through all of that stuff. The second quote was more of like a management kind of quote that I absolutely loved. Don't tell people how to do things. Tell them what to do and let them surprise you with their results. Absolutely great quote. It, it, it kind of goes along with one of my keys to a successful business is you want a group of people and you want them all like-minded in the same aspect of having the same end goal but you want different perspectives. So when you tell people what to do, they use their different perspective in order to come up with a solution a different way that you might think of it, and it might be better. So I think that is an absolutely uh, a great kind of management tip and just quote in general that that uh, that he used there. But overall, Shoe Dog, amazing book, easy read, enjoyable story, a lot of lessons learned, and uh, highly recommend. The book that I actually haven't read. My friend just recommended this, and she just gave it to me. It's called Make Your Bed, I think it's called. It's really short. I haven't read it, like I said, so I don't know exactly what's all in there. But it's it's how the little things, little changes in life can make just an absolutely massive impact, whether that be in the world or just your life. And so I'm really excited to read that book. So That whole Make Your Bed thing, like... I don't know when I started to like actually pay attention to making my bed in the morning, but I think there were days like I would make it and then there were days where I didn't and I realized on the days that I didn't make it, I would like put in my head that I was going to have a bad day because I didn't start off by doing that in the morning. And so it, it was a weird mindset that I had, but now like it's kind of like in my head now where I'm like, I have to make my bed or else today's going to suck. And it's super weird, and I don't like that it's like that, but not really motivates me in the morning, but I'm just like, if I can't do this, what am I going to do today? Like, this is, this, like, this, this shouldn't, this isn't something tough that needs to be happening in the morning. Like, it's the easiest thing I'll do all day. And if I can't do that, then good luck. It's all about the little wins. Yep. Yep. All right, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, we got Bobby back next week. He texted us and said... I'm going to be very excited for EE when I get home, boys. Get ready. Does and that then, mean he's not excited right now? And then he followed up on a competition that I'm getting destroyed in. 
Yeah, what's going on with that, Brandon? I, I don't know. Bobby has some tricks. But, so, Bobby is excited. We do not have an E update today, but next week we for sure will. Uh, usually when Bobby goes on trips, he gets a million different ideas on how to do things. So, Bobby can have a completely new plan. But, so yeah, thank you guys for listening. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, like us on Facebook. Do all that fun stuff. We will see you next week. Goodbye.